<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear? and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. Hello, everybody. This is Helen Johannesson, the owner of Helen's Wines, the small gem box little wine shops in Los Angeles. And this is my podcast, Wine Face. Wine Face is breaking down the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, everything that you need to know about wine to make it accessible, fun, you know, make you feel like you know what, what I'm talking about. Maybe you want to impress your friends Maybe you just want to learn more. Either way, I am here for you. If you want to find me in person or semi-person, you can find me at Helen's Wines. Or if you want to find me online, you can find me at Helen's Wines on Instagram or helenswines.com. World of info at helenswines.com. Check it out. Today on Wine Face, I am so excited to have a guest, sommelier, on the program talking about her experience in wine. Cha McCoy. I recently met Cha. She's incredible. We did an event together over Zoom for Pineapple Collaborative. And first time we met was over the Zoom and we just clicked. She really speaks to wine and speaks about wine in a way that resonates with me. It's a kindred spirit. She's based in Portugal and New York. She has done all kinds of stuff from working in retail to working in restaurants to working at wine bars to also having her own hospitality company, uh, Cha Squared Hospitality, which is absolutely amazing. She has the Cha List, which is, you know, just the dope shit. And she also does events, obviously not during COVID right now. We will link to her website in the show notes. I'm just going to tell you right now, She's a force to be reckoned with. She was just named this huge partnership with Cherry Bomb. She's going to be the director of their beverage platform that they just launched. I mean, she's amazing. And ever since we met a few weeks ago on this 
panel for Pineapple, I was like, I got to have you on Wine Face and talk about her perspective on wine. So I hope you enjoy this episode with the one, the only, Cha McCoy. I am so excited today. Okay, we're not in the studio, but we're in the studio of our minds on Zoom. I'm really excited to have Cha McCoy as my guest today on Wine Face. Hello, Cha. Hi, Helen. <laughs> so Cha and I didn't know each other until two weeks, three weeks ago. Yes. When we did Pineapple Collective Zoom event. And it was my first time doing anything like that. But I felt like this immediate connection to you. And I was like, I got to have her on Wine Face to talk about wine. Same. I'm glad I'm here. I can't wait to dig in with you and get to know more about your story, too. So for a lot of people, the way I like to start with all my guests is you're this amazing wine professional. You're on the East Coast. A lot of listeners are on the West Coast, so they might not know exactly what you do. I have so many questions about a lot of the wine initiatives you've been doing in New York, but let's start. We'll back it up to what is it like you got into wine 10 years ago or maybe you're into wine your whole life. But can you talk about that journey, that moment, that bottle of wine? So I started my journey when I moved to Italy. I would say for wine, for food, you know, there's the lifestyle. But I was really there to complete my MBA. People usually ask, why did you choose to do your MBA in Italy? And I'm like, because I wanted like not the pressure of having an MBA. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) MBA is pretty intense. And I said, oh, there's an option to like complete my entire program in Rome. Yeah, just sign me up for that. When I dreamed of it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be like studying, but I'll be near some villa, you know? So that was, <laughs> that was like my idea of kind of going through your MBA, but like in like the child life, you know, that's my hashtag. I put that on top. Like the life, the way I would want to, you know? So it's like, okay, let's start here. And then my friends meeting a mixture between Americans and other Europeans who were part of the program, and we would, oh, I mean, do what Italians do, do what the Romans do, right? We literally go out to eat. I'm learning about names of pastas I never thought was even, it was like sacrilegious to call everything spaghetti, you know, there. So, <laughs> and the same thing, like the same idea, it relates to wine. Like you can't just go, I just want red, very specific. And so I was like, oh, okay. They like, do you want, I don't know, do you want a Nibiolo? Do you want a Chianti? I'm like, I don't know. I just said I want red, you know, like, okay. Like clearly you need to go like in study on your own. And I didn't really feel intimidated by it. I just think I originally just realized that, oh, I'm lost. Like, you know, like they grew up like learning this. That's when they know the difference and they know exactly, you know, if they say this region versus that region, they can expect this, you know, and I didn't know anything. I'm like, "Mm, okay. So I just wanted that kind of buyer's confidence, you know, for myself. And so I said, let me start, you know, just tasting. I wasn't like, oh, let me just jump into wine school. I was like, yeah, let me just be more attentive to the labels and ask more questions. And I think today when wine consumers start learning about people like yourself and me, they're like, child, what book do I need to read? I'm like, you just need to drink wine. Let's take it a step back. You don't even need to like... So with you. Because I I didn't learn that way. Like that wasn't what originally got me excited. And I think that going to go read a book is not going to really get you excited unless you really are committed to studying the trade, et cetera. So I love telling people or at least sharing that part of the story because for a while, I guess I normally just talk about my actual work when I started in wine, but I guess it's always important to tell people about what I did when I wasn't being paid to talk about wine. Where did it trigger since I didn't grow up in, you know, California around 
vineyards or West Coast there. That's where it started. And then from there, when I moved back to the States, I actually started working at a wine shop. So that was 2012, where I got my first kind of like paying gig. And a wine shop is like crash course into wine. Like you just learn on the job in the moment. You fake it till you make it. (laughs) The cha life to me is I've been so inspired by it because I've I've just been like, I feel like you and I kind of have approached wine in a similar way Mm. in that it's something we want to be accessible for people and how we've digested it. We've come at it with our own perspective and owning that in a world that doesn't really, they don't want you to do that. The wine community wants you to like get on a track, stay on that track. Because how would they make money, right? If we tell them not to read the books, we tell them not to go to the schools (laughs) and they're going to be like, oh God, you know, evangelists of like, you know, I'm like, it's not really about that. And I think once you connect to it on that level, then you know that you really will buy the books. Like I have tons of wine books, but that's because, and they don't feel like a waste. There's some days when I'm like, oh, where's that book? I know that talks about this. And I go, you know, I've run and go get that book. So I, I have a purpose for those books that I've been hoarding now over a few years, but it's because I'm, you know, this deep into the industry, you know, everything I do, even if it's for fun or uh, paid, you know, I really want to relate back to those books. No one else needed a library, you know, of all these things. You know, we need to get out of the capitalist idea of like just to continue purchasing things. And I am one yeah. of the people, so I'm also guilty about it. But it's usually because I'm someone that loves to obsess over whatever I'm into. I agree. I mean, so what do you think like set it off for you? I mean, it seems like you've lived in many different countries. You've yeah. traveled. You've like immersed yourself deeply in wine. How, I mean, can you talk about like how did you, that courage to just like be like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to another country. I'm going to immerse myself. I'm going to educate myself to then develop. Like you have developed such a unique program in New York as far as the communion, which we'll get to after because I want to talk about that. Like what was that path like? Because it is, you know, you went to the wine shop, but you've traveled so extensively, worked in vineyards. Again, like I said, if I'm into something, I'm that person that's like in the rabbit hole following hashtags on what well, today has Instagram, but before there wasn't, but just like going down a rabbit hole for like up to 3am. Like I'm just crazy about whatever I'm into. So today it's still wine. What I don't know, if I'm curious about something, I'm willing to like do more research and have more experience with or learn from those who do. So I even like reach out to people and a lot of the people that actually is like people like, Oh yeah, child's cool. You know, and that like loves me now. These are people that I probably like in their DMs and nobody knew who I was. Like, you know, so today, they, yeah. <laughs> today, you know, now they can say, oh yeah, or if you say, oh, I'm cool with child, people would know who that is. But they know I was the one like bothering them. Like, oh my God, you know, I love that, uh, that wine too. <laughs> They're like, who is this girl? She's just like, in my DMs, oh man, that, that wine is awesome. Now I'm not telling people to do that to me every day. But I'm just saying that I was that person who did it with like, who didn't care. Like, you know, so yeah, I didn't like, I, I wasn't yeah. looking for anything from them. I was just letting them know like, yeah, like I'm out here and I love that wine too. So, so I think people just, my community actually in the wine community ended up forming mainly through Instagram because I wasn't really in a restaurant at that time. And I think that the people in wine shops don't get too much love. It wasn't like I owned the wine shop. No. Um, so it wasn't like my name was going to be in lights and people like, oh yeah, we know this lady that lives in Italy and she got this wine shop, you know, then maybe 10 years ago, people would care who I was, but I was just another, you know, seller on the floor. So, and some of those people can be very transient, right? Sometimes they just like working in a shop just before they do something else. or that's the job they can find. But I really say that back to your question, like my ultimate connection between like me living 
in Italy, coming back, working in a wine shop, going back to corporate and also realizing like that wasn't the space for me. And I really wanted to kind of tap into what I really loved and what, as they say, what would you do for free? You know, so that moment I had already, or I guess three years ago when I had asked myself that question or even four years ago when I asked myself that question, the answer allowed me to like realize how much wine played in my life, even when I wasn't working in it, mm-hmm. very much the one hosting something related to wine. I was the one who everyone expects to bring the best wine, you know, so I was always like the wine girl. And so it was just something like cool that people like looked up to me for that advice, meaning my own friends and family. But I never really thought about stepping into it professionally because I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know who I wanted to be in that industry. I do love travel, as you mentioned. So for me, a lot of the trips with my nice salary that I had being in corporate allowed me to like travel to places also that I realized folks in this industry, they had to like wait for somebody to send them to Italy or, you know. I had the experience of like, yeah. I had the, the funds to actually fly myself to South Africa, if, you know, if, you know, to go to the vineyards. I didn't have to ask permission. And so that really let me like kind of connect. I guess I had that moment where I was going to connect all the things that I actually love, put it all together, put a bow on it. And I was like, you know, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be wine. It's going to be experiences. It's going to be experiences abroad. It's going to be experiences local so that people can have like a touch of what I love about uh, the wine industry, which is not really the fact of like yeah. looking at an intimidating wine list. <laughs> like that's like the least of what I enjoy. It's like, I do not get excited by like the giant book that could kill someone. I'm just like, this is like a waste of my time. I'm trying to be present. Imagine this was like the book at my, the last restaurant I was at in Portugal. And then somebody's like, okay, no, I see the wine list. It used to be funny because it's three of us that worked as a sommelier. So then every time we'll ask them, like, how can I help you? And then they go, oh, no, I'll just see the wine list. And then we'll go, okay. And so we like bring them the book, like, like <laughs> see you next week. You know, like, like you'll never get to, like, you know, as much as that could have been done in a more careful way. It just goes to show you that those, the wine list of that, that we're describing is definitely outdated. These more high power restaurants have to do it. You can tell like at the restaurant I was at, they definitely was like, we have to have an amazing wine list. They're going to come review us on our wine list. We got to have really? things that are obscure, you know. I, and I think that at the end of the day, restaurants sell with the people working these positions. The waiter, the sommeliers are excited to talk about. <laughs> like, and no one's getting to that deep page unless everyone tasted and everyone loved that wine. And now we have the opportunity to taste. If you want to have a list that maybe you don't open up every day. So it's like, okay, this is our special ones that are a little bit more pricier. That can be on one page. But you can like pull that out like, oh, we got to, you know, we got somebody in ready to spend that money. So let's pull out that special one. I like to unfold it. So it's got all the creases and I'm like, (laughs) so the last like job, like working service, you were in Portugal up until pre-pandemic. And the things that I love that we kind of touched on in our last thing and I was reading about you and is this idea of like democratizing wine, which has been a personal mission. Like how do you educate people and not make them feel like shit? I use wine as a way for people to connect. And so I noticed with me, even though being in Italy, I was the, probably the only Black person in my group in a lot of times. The other times, it may be another African-American who was in the program who may be there for a semester or something or from another major. But it's almost like we're one or two. Like, we're never, you know, we never like half to, you know. But I think at the same time, you, everyone felt very much, you know, comfortable in our like eating setting. Like I feel like food and wine always kind of, it kind of like the equalizer. We allowed people to like talk about the wines or get really excited. Like, oh my God, have you tried this new, um, 
like, you guys gotta have this. I just got this. And I only spent five euros on this. Like we used to like go crazy. I think that it's like interesting to truly be able to have food and beverage, wine to be the thing that actually bring people closer together. And I noticed that, like that magic of it, you know, um, even when I came back and worked in corporate, a lot of people were like so amazed, like, oh my God, you lived in Italy and you didn't talk about wine? And I'm talking about both ends. I'm talking about white people and black people because they're just like, like, who are you? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, where are you from? <laughs> what is- they wouldn't see you and necessarily think that. And they mind, like once I actually noticed that, it allowed me to be in spaces that didn't usually include me. And so I can have conversations that I like, I can have conversations about other things because now I'm being invited into rooms. I'm in corporate, I'm working, I'm talking about something not related to obviously food and beverage. But then now I have this like, like how, you know, you know, you got to click that all smoke cigarettes together. So I was always like the people who like, who like knew I was like this girl who lived in Italy and knew this about wine. And so someone who was like a VP who normally would have no business like talking to me here, he or she would come over and like, now want my opinion on why. So now everybody like, why are they so excited about this uh, this girl over in, you know, this department, you know? And so then it allowed me to be in new spaces. And so it allowed me to connect with a class that I wasn't being invited into also. And so I realized that it was like my ticket, you know? So in that case, it, it allowed me to like level up, you know, <laughs> into, into rooms that people wouldn't see why me and this lady or me and this other guy who was um, higher status in the company would have anything in common. And then the other way around, when I'm amongst people, friends, families, community, you know, bring in a good wine to the table, having good food, you can see how that kind of break down barriers and just allow people to like talk and, you know, just commune with each other. Yeah, like you were being recognized for your expertise. Like I, it took me a minute to come to the point where I could call myself an expert. You know, I, I am an expert in wine. You're an yeah. expert in wine. We're experts in wine. I couldn't really verbalize that about myself for a long time. You know, I was like, this is what I do. This is what I know. But I think you give yourself that authority. And even in those moments, I'm sure it's like you were the authority. Were people obsessed with you like having a certificate? They were. Like, people were obsessed with me being like, so you're a SOM. Did you go to school? Do you have a certificate? And I was like, I did two levels. Like they were like, so you're a master SOM. And I was like, no, I'm not. I did level two. And then I was like, I'm out. I think a lot of people are the consumer level is still confused about what a sommelier is. So then that's usually I use my I use my Instagram to actually define the, the job a lot. You know, like I'm so excited that right. you all excited to see me, meaning someone who may look like them or another female that's a sommelier. And then I'm like, um, but let's make sure it's clear. Like, let's let's all before you all start DM me, which is what happens. Oh, I want to be a song. How did you become one? I'm like, no, oh, yeah. this is actually oh, yeah. you probably need to do a little, you know, it's like that. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Do you even know what a song is? Like, is it worth oh. you going that way? Maybe there's other things in wine you should think about. Like, I don't know, becoming a own a retail shop, own a bar. You don't need to be a sommelier yeah. to own a bar. I think that is, you know, for me, it was about brand building, which was a strategy for me. Like I never, I never came into this thinking like, oh, I can't wait to be a Psalm. That was never my intention. It was like, I understood the power of that word that meant to this industry. So that's why I was like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and take the test because that's what people were asking me. Like they asking you. And so I'm like, Okay, so now that I did that, now what? Like, okay, where's my checks? You know, like, (laughs) give me the money. Like, yeah. And so I was ready to like take on the world 
you know, from there. And then I had sommeliers who actually worked in the industry a long time and respectfully was like, you know, there was a big difference between like working the floor or working service in general versus just taking the exam. I understood that to be true. Sure. Um, and I do feel like that's something that people do confuse often. Like presence of taking the, the exam does not like, doesn't mean that you were, were or are a working sommelier. And so then we have the mixture between those two that people are like debating like, oh yeah, but I took the exam. I don't really, I don't judge people either way. I do think that if you took the exam for the sake of being in the industry to service the industry in some way, in my case, so I am the psalm during my event because I'm serving people wine I, and I have the last yeah. few years and I'm curating the wine list for the dinner. So I am the psalm for those events. And I love, um, and I love events. And so for me, I will like continue to do events working as a uh, event sommelier, even without, even without being on the, being on the floor. Yeah. You don't, you're not tethered to a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. I mean, I think service, you know, it can be learned, but it's also innate. It's like you have a confidence if you can deliver wine service that you could, I guess you could go learn it. And it definitely comes from practice, repetition, feeling that like juju of the room. Right. But I mean, it's clear that I don't think you necessarily need to work in a restaurant to get that. But okay, so the events that you do, why did you call it the communion? Is that that's the main public one you do, right? Like that or do you do because you do private and public? That's correct. And now I do United We Taste, which is now that was birthed out of the pandemic. So I'm glad that people are appreciating the content that I've been putting up um, on YouTube via Zoom uh, for United We Taste. But um, but yeah, the main public event that I do is called the communion. The objective was for me to be able to have this community event around wine where we get to connect or communicate about wine and food in a new space. Like instead of actually just kind of me teaching you about just wine, I wanted to like, let's have us an experience together. So then you will remember this wine because yeah. of this experience. Maybe you won't make it to Italy. So I'm, I'm almost like being a, the, the messenger, right? So I'm telling you because I've been to Italy or South Africa, I get to share with you like, yes, uh, like this is the reason why, you know, I'm the one that's breaking it down for you. And that's why I'm the host, but also be, instead of the chef, which I tend to have uh, food as well. But the intentions is simple. Like how do we like remove the, like people don't, it's not a sh uh, afraid to eat. Like they'll eat at all levels of restaurants, but when it comes to like wine, they like, Ooh, like, you know, like I'm not going to yeah. spend that amount of money, but they, they're happy to spend money at a like fancy restaurant on their birthday. But when it comes to wine, they're like, Oh, if I don't know what it is, totally. I don't know why I'm spending over $50. I'm not buying it. Right. So I'm like, okay, let me get people to like, let me tell people the story because I realized that was being left out of the conversations with people from certain communities. And then people who were just genuinely interested in wine, they felt like they were in places that maybe didn't care too much about the wine list. So, but they are way better options than some of our like casual dining scenes can like incorporate. And that's what I really want to aim to is kind of like, if we make the wine diet part of our diet, like, you know, then think of it as something like only for yeah. special occasions, the same way like Italians would be, uh, you know, no matter if you're a janitor, a pizza guy, or a CEO, everyone drinks wine. It's you know, a common every language. Day, it's a common too. language. Yeah. So I wanted them to feel like, yes, you can enjoy wine. Everybody at all levels can enjoy wine with whatever they're eating. You should be able to have it with pizza. You should be able to have it with 
Jamaican food. You should be able to have it with, you know, Mexican food. And so I wanted to kind of showcase wine in a new space. Like, okay, you want to like understand, I, I did do wine test, Italian food focus, etc. So I, I play with how to like match up wines with foods from different regions of the world, get people to like break down the idea that wine only go with one thing and take people on a journey. Like, you know, the I am more than Moscato is the whole idea of like being a person of color. It means that I don't only drink sweet wine. And so in this same case is that for those of you who may love sweet wine, just understand there's even very, you know, there's very degrees even there's in that other wines that aren't wine. Moscato. So like, yeah. Let me. Bougie Serdan. Yeah, yeah. Let me help you yeah. find other grapes. So I'm not trying to like make you feel like uh, like drinking sweet wine. Like, no, oh, you should yeah. be ashamed of yourself. No, I think that you just need to understand more about other wines. Like instead of thinking like, oh, this person loves Moscato. Oh, she's cheap. She probably would spend more money if you told her about a really nice oh, Gewurztraminer, yeah. you know, like, um, from Alsace yeah. or, you know. And so I think it's more about just kind of like letting people connect in a safe space, ask the questions that they usually don't feel comfortable asking with people who either don't look like them or who already sound snobby when they walk into the door, like in the store, yeah. whether it's a wine shop. And so who's giving them the attention? And so I've had people ask just some simple things like yeah. what are tannins? And then I had people ask more about like what pairs well with this or that was amazing. Why did that work so well? You know, and so I use the communion to be a, a, a safe space for my community, I say. And, I, and my community means everyone who feels connected with uh, with this mission and these intentions. I can't wait to go to one next year. I'm like, go away, COVID. <laughs> They're usually pretty small. So I'm able to actually probably give one this year since our limit here in New York City is like as long as events are under 50. So I just need to find a space where I can just like at least have 20 folks and, and safely in a space for us to be able to like host. What wines right now are you super into? Like country style? What are you drinking? Like from your glass to their ears? Just something that's exciting you in wine. I really get excited when I see some of the producers that I love mm. in Portugal here in the U.S. That, yeah, I feel like Portuguese wine is super underrepresented. Personally, I've had super limited exposure with it. So... I can't wait. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe that's hopefully more and more can start getting imported. I've never been to Portugal. I got to go. It's on my list. I got to When are you going to go back? Do you know yet? Early Thursday. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Incredible. Are you scared of flying? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a mask for the plane? You know, it's so funny. I asked my mother to give me a face shield. I mean, I wear a mask every day, every time I go outside. But I want the full like guard like in front of I my mask. I would so. get like a gas mask or something. Yeah. I don't know if I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna be, I'm going to be out for seven hours with that gas mask on. I don't see. Oh, my God. That's going to be crazy. I'm, I can't wait. Can you tell everybody a little bit about the new work you have coming up? What's in the pipeline? Sure. Things for people to follow, look for. So I am, besides gearing up for whenever I'm allowed to do the next communion here in the States, I did, well, I guess you may say in the intro that I'm now the new director of Cherry Bomb's new platform, Cherry Bomb drinks. And so thank you. And so it's great to be there because I think a lot of, you know, women who want a voice in this industry, meaning in that case, it was food, but beverages also, they support Cherry Bomb so much, but they just didn't have their own place. So it's almost like maybe once a month, if we're lucky in the beverage space, they like we'll get highlighted there because it's so food focused. And there's so many women in food that has not been noticed. So it's almost like the beverage portion has been like shifted, like, 
to decide. So it is big shoes to follow because it's almost like I have to like raise a, a new baby up to the other one, you know, so that already exists. It's going to be amazing. And it's been seven years that Cherry Bomb has existed. So I'm excited to use this platform to highlight women like yourself who own shops, own wines, own, you know, the owners, the makers. And this is not just yeah. wine. So this is beverages. So this is everything from alcoholic to non-alcoholic. So we have like a couple of like brands who women who own energy drinks, um, people who have their own sodas, uh, they have, you know, they own bitters and liqueurs um, that I'm excited to like use this platform to help us celebrate them. And, you know, I think just like anything, whether it's um, people of color, women, if we, we know better, if we know what's going on, like who's out there, we purchase from them. I think it's just a matter of not knowing where, where are they? Like, and so it's, uh, I think it's not a matter of people not wanting to buy from us. I think it's a matter of just the fact of knowing they exist to know to buy them. Need more information, platforms, more sharing, get it all out there. Where people are more intentional on like, okay, I want to make sure that the dollars from my business are going to helping, you know, purchase more for women, more from uh, small businesses owned by people of color, you know, where they can also be able to elevate their business next year. Like that's, you know, I'm not just, I'm not a big business kind of person. So in my mind, yeah. they have a role in this capitalist environment. And so I understand that, but if you have a choice and you know who to purchase wine from, or where to get it, then I think that, you know, supporting Helen and going to buy her shop, even if you're going another 10 miles out of your way, it, it just says a lot about who you are. And that's not something you got to put yeah. on your Instagram. If you do, great, because then people will know to come shop at Helen. But I mean, like, <laughs> but it's not something that you, I mean it in a way where you don't get like a badge for it, you know, do yeah. it because that's really like how you operate. And so right. that's at your core. That's not for you to get followers, you know? So if more people really think like that, we'll have an ecosystem of small and medium-sized businesses actually elevating in that way. And that's synergy. Really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll be able to like have our own to become more sustainable because we're actually feeding off each other. Your part, yeah. you know, you're buying from somebody else that's small. That person is buying from somebody else. Yeah. And so then the, it continues. Right. And so we just want to be able to survive. I don't think a lot of people think they're going to like be trillionaires off of this. I just but I also don't want them to fail. And so I think that's the big push here. And so I want to be more intentional. Well, Cherry Bomb's already intentional that way with women. I want to go to extra mile using this platform to actually generate ways to like create, you know, she already has a nonprofit portion that want to revive that, you know, again. So how can we be the ones that's actually giving people direct access, whether it's because we're helping people know to get wines in the West, our, our followers in the West Coast to get wines from Helen and giving them yeah. discount codes or something like that. Because Helen, you know, is like, here's a code, you know, thank you, Cherry Bomb family for supporting us. So every time you come, you know, you're going to get this, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm just making that up. You're creating new media. It's like the media only covers, like they cover the same people. You know what I mean? There's a lot of monotonous media in the past as far as food and beverage. And I feel like you're going to create new waves where it's like people who have been doing and working hard for years just haven't gotten the coverage too. And they need the coverage. Because I was those people. I was like them. I was even... yeah more like the person who transitioned into this industry because wine was my, not my core, not what I studied in university. And so I know what it feels like to be both someone who 
don't come from this industry and trying to make their way in and knocking on every door possible and doing everything possible. And I know what it feels like to like trying to find community. Like, okay, now that you're here, who do you talk to? Who's <laughs> like, yeah. But, and so uh, hopefully people can be able to like use the people that we post and share and that we're working with as ways that they can like, oh, wow, I really like hearing her story. Not just the child story, but Helen's story, uh, Jane's story, uh, Sarah's story. And like actually motivated to like, you know what? I can create my own wine. You know, after like hearing somebody yeah. did it, like I was an investment banker. Now <laughs> I like live on a farm and make like a quarter of what I used to make. But Dream. you know, I guess when yeah. people hear that, they're like, oh, wow. I never, I never thought I'd be happy if I lived that way. And, you know, and guess what? You all can come visit me. And so like, I feel like that's like a, that's creating the space, not only just like, hey, I want to highlight Helen, but I also want people to feel like if you are inspired by Helen's story, you also feel like you can do it too. And so working with people totally. who are into like mentoring others or, you know, and I feel like that's important because I know what it felt like to like feel stranded. Like, I don't know any white people besides the people at my store who were all men who had no clue of what I was going for. I was like, you still don't yeah. get it, huh? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, still, you still don't get it. Okay. No they problem. don't. A lot of people won't get it. And you know what? They're going to be left in the dust. It's all good. It's like you can create your other reality. Cha, thank you so much. I'm so stoked that Wineface listeners got to hear a little bit of your story. And we'll definitely give them little ways to keep following along in the show notes. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with me. You know, I really want everyone to like, feel inspired that they, <laughs> they too can elevate and become or actually even if you didn't yeah, go to college and you really just I'm ended so up being stoked. a server and now you, you like if you want to say stuck in the hospitality industry that you can really make a way for yourself in this industry and it's just about learning how to do it like we we have the right to have ownership yeah. and equity here so whether that's owning like a retail shop your own restaurant like don't feel discouraged and so a lot of people need to hear more stories like this and so I'm happy to be the if you want to say, the, one of the, the, the evangelists who will be making sure that um, more people get to, to reach people like you. I'm so stoked. It's awesome. Cha, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, have a great rest of your night. Thanks. She is just the best. Cha's the best. Can't wait to visit her in person, go to Portugal. She does wine tours. I mean, she's just incredible, incredible person in the wine industry. And I'm so thankful that she is now in our world, in in my world. Thank you again for listening. This is Wine Face. Everything that you need to know about wine is here on this podcast. If you want to learn more about today's episode about Cha, you can go to the show notes. We've linked to her Instagram and her website. Also, if you just want to know more about Helen's, go to my website. We ship nationally. Join the wine club, helenswines.com thing. And thank you for listening. Be safe. We're out. Thank you.